Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back for another weekend here. It's The Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production. We have David Lubars, Chairman and Chief Exe- Creative Director, almost made him Chief Executive Officer of uh, BBDO North America. And uh, he'll be with us uh, for a few segments on today's show. We look forward to that. A lot of good stuff, uh, too, as well. Uh, Patrick Meyer is going to talk about Dr. Z. Dr. Z, the Chrysler guy. And uh, Jeffrey Gittimer has some advice for you if you're thinking about quitting your job, okay? This is good stuff, too. You probably guess what the answer is. Don't do it. Yeah. No. You quit while you're... Well, I won't give it away. Anyway, uh, a lot of good stuff. And Brad, how are you doing today? Well, doing great and really excited about the uh, interview today with David. And, uh, of course, David doesn't know that he's uh, coming in. Maybe he does. He's coming in behind... Uh, couple of appearances by his predecessor, uh, Phil Dusenberry. We, we had a chance to talk to Phil a few months before his uh, resignation uh, in the same position as uh, chairman BBDO North America, and uh, and he liked it so much, he wrote a book and returned a few mo- a few years ago, I think exactly. it was. Exactly, a great book. I don't have too. the date here handy. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. a great book. Yeah. Something about catching your hair on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, but we yeah, don't give well, him. Yeah, well, the, what was it again? Well, that's and then and then was, we set his hair on fire. Right, that's what it right, is. Yeah, exactly. yeah. We gave him an extra plug just talking about oh, it. Oh God! <laughs> go to Amazon dot com. You'll find it there. Right? There you go. You know, it's uh, uh, five shops have uh, just advanced. Uh, mentioned earlier this week in the Walmart review of its creative, interactive, and media duties. Uh, Walmart spends five hundred and seventy million dollars, in case you're counting, mm-hmm. uh, per year. And in the pitch, uh, apparently the finalists are Omnicom's GSD and M, Sachi and Sachi, WPP's Ogilvy Mather New York, as well as Interpublic Group's Draft FC. CB out of Chicago, and a surprise, the Martin Agency out of uh, Richmond is also oh one of the finalists. What's That's interesting serious. about this, Ray, is not only GSD&M being one of the, the incumbents mm-hmm. from the creative uh, end, but uh, right. Bernstein Rain, which is out of Kansas City, did not make the cut. And as I recall reading, uh, that agency was really built on uh, the Walmart business over the years and still, to this day, uh, makes sure. up a sizable chunk of the uh, Bernstein Rain business uh, at, at that agency. So, uh, my goodness, it's going to be a major blow to that agency. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, GSDNM uh, hung on and uh, got the, got a piece of that as well. What do you think? Well, they, I think they probably will. Uh, apparently, uh, Bernstein, you know, whatever they thought in, in leading up to this, uh, both Bernstein as well as GSDNM thought they would retain some creative duties there. And I'm thinking, like you, that uh, whatever they both thought they were going to retain is going to be folded into GSDNM, and they're going to hire another agency probably to handle more yeah. of the. Uh, uh, the overall uh, media and interactive duties. Who knows? I guess we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you fly a lot. I fly a lot. We all fly a lot. U.S. Airways. You ever fly U.S. Airways? Probably not mm, a lot. Once, uh, I think. Once, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, U.S. Airways, based out of Tempe, Arizona. They uh, plan to put uh, advertisements where, Brad? On their Bathroom. air sickness bags. Oh, 
the uh, print-sized, uh, pint-sized expandable envelopes stuck between the in-flight magazines. But you know what? Why not? Well, Why not? I, I think it's a great idea. There relevancy. Every seat pocket. Uh, we figure, well, it's there. Why don't we make uh, it multi-purpose? <laughs> well, you've seen you've seen this, the ads on the drop-down tray tables as sure. well. So, and it's just a piece of paper that they use. You know, they say change it out. It's just uh, that you, you'd have a bad experience, a bad memory. Of whatever you saw in that bag, you know. Well, what would what would you advertise on a barf bag? You wouldn't advertise uh, Rolaids, Pepto Bismol. Conversely, uh, you probably wouldn't want to ad- advertise Popeyes chicken or something like that. It wouldn't go well. Uh, uh, meat uh, Spaghettios? No, you wouldn't want that. A barf bag, especially Dramamine. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. They say. Yeah, so. that's kind of funny, huh? Barf bag advertising. Where is it going to yeah. go next? Well, to the bathroom, I would imagine. I'm sure it will. What do you have there? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you were mentioning that, and I don't have this handy, but the uh, Obies were out uh, just a while back, and a uh, great bathroom uh, group of ads that we're going to feature next week uh, on, uh, we're going to feature outdoor next week on our good advertising, or as we call it, Advertiser Showcase, which we bring back from time to time. And uh, we're going to be featuring one of the uh, ads uh, that were an, that was an Obie winner, but uh, in that group that was identified as one of this year's winners was a uh, Crispin Porter effort uh, for the mini, and it was a, a bathroom ad hmm. that actually uh, comes down into the toilet, uh, <laughs> into the Your urinal, toilet. I should say. Okay. Uh, it starts as a poster uh, in front of the uh, urinal, mm-hmm. which, of course, for you and me, that's, you know, Face forward and right there in your face, <laughs> and, and then it has dashes that goes down into the urinal as if that would be the, uh, you know, the line dividing the highway. I see. Is it really a clever idea? Okay. Well, yeah, obviously, you and I didn't see it because you know we missed that stall. I guess that's what we would have been a better aim. I'll say that. <laughs> When you say we missed that stall, uh, you, oh, you mean you, we missed that entire bathroom? You just yes. don't miss stalls. No, it's just not a good idea. <laughs> Here we go. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Jeffrey, I'm not doing well. Jeffrey, they're setting too high a goal for me. Jeffrey, I don't like my boss. Jeffrey, I'm in a slump. Jeffrey, our products is not good. Jeffrey, I think I should go someplace else. And I say to that, you know what? Your head's probably already someplace else. Your mind is gone from your job. But here's what to do. If you leave where you are and you go someplace new and you haven't achieved where you are, the odds are you're going to talk about them bad, you're going to be disgruntled at your next place, and you're not going to have the success that you're looking for where the grass is always greener. I recommend to every person that says to me, I'm leaving my job for something better, I recommend that first you become the number one salesperson in your company. Take the extra two or three months and work so hard that you become number one. And when you do, on the day you become number one, quit then. Quit at the top of the heap so that people are dragging you by the ankle. No, don't leave. Please don't leave. You're our best salesperson. When you can say that you're number one and it's time for me to move on, then you can get to the next plateau and achieve greater success. Don't leave a loser. Leave a winner. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. 
To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer, reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. That's good advice from Gittimer on the advertising show, Rachel and Brad Forsyth. Our special guest about to join us here momentarily, it's uh, David Lubars, the chairman and chief creative officer for BBDO North America. David uh, began his career back in 81. That's a long time ago. <laughs> and since has won every major creative award in the uh, in the world several times over. He has them at his house and at the office there, including a can titanium lion, 17 cans lions, the Emmy three times for best TV commercials in America. Uh, before joining BBDO, uh, David was the president of Fallon Worldwide and executive uh, creative director of Fallon North America, where we oversaw the, uh, the very famous work for Citibank, Lee Jean, Starbucks, BMW, and United airlines uh, just to mention a few i'd say that's enough you know but right now we'll get uh, get to where uh, david is which is in new york and he's with us momentarily on the advertising show it's ray shellings and brad Forsyth. glad to have you with us make your advertising dollars work smarter you're listening to the advertising show with ray shillings and brad Forsyth. trying to do is you're trying to pick a commercial that David hasn't won hmm. uh, a lion for, okay? Because uh, <laughs> this was back in the 70s there. David Lubars, Chairman and Chief Creative uh, Officer for BBDO North America out of New York. David, it is so good to have you here on the advertising show. Thanks for being here. Hey, it's great to be there. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, our associate producer told us when uh, she called you for the pre-interview, you were coming in off of a, a flight earlier in the week. Was, that wasn't America West, and you weren't checking ads on the barf bags, were you? No, I, no, it wasn't on that one. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, is that a medium you think you would you would consider, David? I mean, <laughs> what do you think of that idea? Yeah, I don't know. Pepto-Bismol maybe would be good. You like that idea. Okay, so there's your new business pitch, unless you guys already handle that account. You know, you grew up in the advertising, in an advertising family with your father uh, having worked at Doyle Dane as well as Jay Walter and, uh, in the 60s and 70s. Do you feel that uh, that particular period back then when your father was working, I guess, along with uh, George Lois, former guest here on the show as well, and, and, and of course we mentioned Phil and uh, Dusenberry, is that really truly the golden age of advertising? And Do you think we'll ever see the creation? Era return as it once was? Well, I think it was what was awesome about it was it was all new. So it was like the Beatles and Dylan, it was all when it was new. Um, but there was a lot of bad advertising back then, too. And I think if you look in any decade, like 5 or 10% of it is what's really great when people talk about it. And the rest of it's kind of forgettable. Hmm. And that's probably true. I think it was true then, it's, it's true now. Yeah, and you know we we often say here on the show, and having interviewed uh, uh, several luminaries and, and uh, legends of the advertising world from back in those days, uh, we think of advertising as being uh, a simpler message back in those days in the '60s and '70s, and and yet I guess it really was a simpler uh, marketplace with less choices, and therefore the message was uh, easier to convey, wouldn't you think, David? Well, yeah, and all the way up through through the '90s actually, because. You had the three mediums, you know, print, TV, radio. There, was, there wasn't that many stations. Um, and really, you, as a viewer, were a victim of the messages. You, want, you were watching TV, and you had to take what was sent to you. Now, for the first time in, in history, really, 
um, viewers have unprecedented choice. They could watch or not watch whatever they want. And there's all kinds of different outlets and places to go. So now our job is to create stuff that's so cool and engaging that people actually seek it out voluntarily. That, that changes the game quite a bit. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, uh, you being uh, brought in as uh, chairman CEO at BBDO, a lot, a lot has been written uh, and discussed about how you were expected to bring BBDO into the 21st century. You were the new guard, and Duesenberry, respectfully, was the old guard. So um, having been there the last couple of years, I'm, I'm curious, anything you've uh, hoped to accomplish that uh, by now that you found maybe difficult or, or unable to accomplish? Well, not, no, not, frankly, no. I mean, uh, we have some great, interesting things in all kinds of non-traditional meetings, whether it's, it's, it's guerrilla stuff in streets, if it's interesting films on the Internet. So we have a lot of cool things we're doing. And then we're also doing a lot of, a lot of interesting things on tr in traditional mediums that are still, you know, TV is never going to go away. But, again, you need to create things that people want to seek out voluntarily. And, you know, so we're, I, I think we're, we're getting a lot done. There's a lot more to do. You know, it never ends. There's no finish line. But uh, we're, we're, we're having some good successes. Hey, David, you, know, uh, you uh, Duesenberry had then we set his hair on fire. Have you sent anybody's hair on fire? Uh, not yet. <laughs> well, that sounds like they're still on. You said that, that Phil had uh, resigned. Actually, he retired. I'm sorry. Did I say resigned? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Believe me, he, he bled BBDO uh, blue, and uh, well, he would never resign. Thank you for correcting me, and I certainly in my mind was thinking uh, 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 retired, but... Right, uh, right. You know, uh, thank you for correcting that. Uh, you know, uh, being chairman of BBDO North America, I would think that many would assume your duties are more administrative than creative, but yet, you know, as being the uh, chief creative officer, I guess you have to uh, pretty much play a dual role as uh, chairman and CEO. G give us a little insight into the uh, day in the life and times of uh, David Lubars, please. Well, actually, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. Um, my role mostly is creative. I, we have a CEO that helps me do the kind of the, um, the left brain things and the plumbing, the economic plumbing stuff. And we have a president of New York who's great and a COO who's great. I'm really, the, the reason I'm the chairman there is because I want to make sure, as Phil did before me, that we do brilliant work. Because that really is our unique differentiator. If, if we're not doing brilliant work, then what, what are we? We're a commodity, like so many other, you know, sort of agencies. And, um, so that allows me to make sure the agency culture, to make sure that the focus and the priority is about doing creative, that chairman title. So I do spend most of my time thinking about creative, actually. And I think uh, the agencies, the, the best agencies have creative leaders, but, all, but the ones that kind of fall by the wayside are the ones who get distracted and don't focus on the work. Um, so that's what I, I will always do. You know, any uh, any surprises coming in as uh, chairman and CCO as far uh, CEO, CCO yes as far as uh, your expectations fulfilling that position? Well, um, you know, I thought that was going to happen, but um, my my stay at Fallon, I, the agency there had the same issues and interesting challenges. Um, so it was fascinating to come to BBDO because it was just a, on a larger scale, kind of a lot of the same issues. So I actually wasn't surprised. I was I was ready. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think a lot of you've made certainly a great name for yourself, and you mentioned Fallon. Uh, you, the first year, I understand that you entered the uh, BMW film series uh, in the Cannes competition. The judges sent the material and money back, asking if it was even an ad. Uh, what were your thoughts about this when this happened? Do you, do you think awards uh, competitions story. were, yeah, were they really getting what you guys were doing? Well, that, well, that's the point. I mean, we when they said, is it an ad, 
we thought, huh? You know, we, because because if you're if you're running an ad on a new medium, you know, the internet at the time, that people voluntarily go to again seeking out, it's got to be a different kind of ad. So the question should be, what is an ad? Because it's got to be highly entertaining and really a, a magnet to get people to come when they don't need to. So we thought that here was a show that was designed to award out-of-the-box thinking, so now you're being penalized for thinking out-of-the-box. <laughs> but um, really? the beauty of it was the next year they created the type, that Titanium Award you, you mentioned, which was designed to award um, and recognize thinking that points the way forward and that it's so different. Um, we don't know what category to put it in because there's no category that can contain it, but th this is something new and different that, that points to the future. And, so it all kind of worked out in the end. Yeah, right. And, you know, it's interesting, uh, Ray, uh, you know, you, when you hear uh, David talking about the rejection of that ad, you would think they were uh, you were talking about 1997 or so, but that was 2001, wasn't it, David? Two, no, it was two, 2002. 2002. Wow. So it's just a wow. few years ago, but that shows you how fast it's all moving because now that's ancient old history. That's, that's uh, you know, medieval times now. Yeah. You know, uh, wrapping up this segment here, what, a few minutes left here, Ray? Got a couple of Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Fallon. You were creative director at Fallon, and now in your role as uh, C uh, chief uh, creative officer at the BBDO. Uh, differences between the two firms? Well, um, there's a lot of similarities because both, again, are about the work and about doing a, something brilliant creatively that can become an economic multiplier for a client. The only differences were... Um, um, I think uh, Fallon was smaller, so the, the inherent thing there is that uh, um, you can be more nimble and quick, but yet you also don't have the depth, uh, uh, the mass of talent you need to, to keep up with some of these big clients. BBDO was a little bit slower and got kind of involved in some, you know, the process that a big company can get involved in. But what we've done now is kind of strip it down and made ourselves very nimble and quick. And now we're kind of like this global boutique, if you will. And so we feel we have the best of both worlds, big and nimble and quick and forward-thinking. And that's not a claim a lot of uh, big companies can make. Yeah, and certainly your uh, new business uh, wins are, are certainly uh, a lot to be said for your, your company and uh, your leadership. You, you take much of a role in uh, new business development, yeah, that, that's David? A major, uh, that's a major thing that I, I work on with, with, with the team at DVDO, and uh, it's very important to me. I, I, I believe that new business... There's so many reasons why it's great. A, obviously, it's the life, you know, financial life, economic life, blood of the place, adding billings, growing. But also, it, it instills a great confidence and swagger to win. It's a very competitive business. You like to win. And then it's great for our existing clients because uh, by, by bringing in more clients and more money, you can hire more people that also can work on their business. That's David Lubars, uh, Chairman and Chief Creative uh, Officer for BBDO North America. We've got more with David. David, we're going to take a break here for just a moment with Ray Shillings. And Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show here at TheAdvertisingShow.com. Check it out, TheAdvertisingShow.com. Back with uh, David and Ray and Brad in just a moment. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Man, that guy's voice is annoying. 
<laughs> on the advertising show. Ray Schillens, Brad Forsyth. Uh, BBDO North America. BBDO's uh, record-setting new business performance. It was named uh, Agency of the Year by all the leading trade publications. My goodness. Uh, some of the new accounts uh, happening. Well, how about eBay, E-Trade Financial, Levitra, Lowe's, Mitsubishi, Motorola, and many more. Wow. David, you've been a busy guy. Welcome back to the Advertising Show. Great to have you here. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, and by the way, uh, we mentioned Phil Dusenberry, previous uh, guest on the show. John Osborne, the the gentleman that heads up your New York office, is also a, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, what what do we call it, Ray? He's, he's not a virgin anymore. What? He's an alumnus. He's an alumnus. <laughs> Thank you, uh, of the show as well, and a great, a great person, and a great uh, representative of your company. Oh yeah, uh, he's Dave. a brilliant young guy. Yeah, he really is. And uh, by the way, I got to tell you, Ray and I have both made this comment, and we may as well say it on the on the uh, show. Roy Elvo, who is executive VP, director of corporate communications for BBDO in both New York as well as the North American office. Uh, uh, I got to tell you, th- there's nobody better at what Roy does than Roy, and he's got a hell of a reputation. And I'm not saying that just because Ray and I want to sit in the uh, New York Yankee seats uh, later <laughs> he's this a year. Brilliant, not not quite as young as Ozzy guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he, he is a, he is really good at what he does. You know, you were talking earlier about the uh, changes going on at BBDO and uh, evolution since you've taken uh, over there. I think it's fair to say that BBDO hasn't been known for their print advertising in the past, but recently that's uh, begun to change for you guys. Why, why the focus uh, here in 2006 more so in, on print nowadays? Well, um it is true. We were not as well known, but but uh, in the in the world today, a great campaign for a client is not just a couple of spots or whatever. You need to kind of surround your your audience with a lot of different things that will delight them. And uh, one of those things is, is traditional mediums and magazines. Are there's more magazines now than any time in history, and uh, print, even though it's a traditional medium, is still a very powerful and important one. And why wouldn't we want to be brilliant at that too? Yeah, I wonder, is it, is it just the fact that TV was such a, a major part of uh, previous clients' uh, media allocation for BBDO in the past? Or That's really what it was. And, uh, yeah. You know, they were, BBDO was the brilliant TV agency. Now, I believe we still are. That's a kind of our television is our birthright. We'll never not be great at that. And if you watch this past Super Bowl, for example, you know, we won the polls with the, um, the FedEx caveman spot. You know, so we'll always... We'll always uh, that's a, that's a big point of pride for us, but um, another big point of pride is to be great, in the, equally great in the other mediums, and, and we're working towards that. Yeah, and you guys do do uh, you do still do great work uh, in television, and uh, and it's good to see you guys diversifying. I read uh, interestingly uh, that during a, one of your potential client pitches, you were talking about new business earlier, that they offered uh, giving you guys a, a stipend, if you will, to, in exchange for owning your ideas, uh, no matter whether your agency was hired or not. Something uh, for us insiders we hear about from time to time. What were the uh, circumstances around this? I don't know how much you can divulge uh, who the who the client was that you were pitching, and I'm curious what the reaction was uh, from the other agencies. Well, the thing you're talking about is a stipend is not uncommon. That they cover your costs because they don't want you to take a hit on pitching the business. You know, right. so that that's much appreciated. But that really wasn't the issue. The issue was the ownership issue. Right. So in other words, whether you want or not, they wanted the ideas to be theirs <laughs> to use any way they wanted. <laughs> Now, I understand why they wanted to do that. The reason was probably innocent enough. You know, you, 
you pick one agency and you use their idea, then the other agency tries to sue you or make a big fuss because it's similar to the idea they presented. So they didn't want to have to get involved in that. So they just wanted to own everything. So while I understand that, that still didn't work for us because all we are, all an agency is is ideas. We don't have factories. We don't have overhead. We, it's just a bunch of really clever, smart brains coming up with brilliant things that can be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So we're not going to give those hundreds of millions of dollars away. For stipend, stipend covers a few hours of working and the cost of uh, creating uh, foam core boards. Mm-hmm. So they just, you know, we, we, the only way they could have our ideas and own them is to hire us. It's right. pretty simple, pretty common sense. Did, did the other? Did you uh, bow out on the pitch as a we, result we of did. that? We did. Yeah. And um, we actually were, were celebrated in the press for it. Um, but the thing that, that uh, I, I found a little confounding is, you know, our industry is a great, great bunch of whiners about uh, how we're not paid properly or it's not, it's, the compensation doesn't match the, the results. And so many of these agencies who've been uh, talking in the press about that are the ones who agreed to the, give, you know, give their ideas away. So I was, I was kind of found that. How odd. about that? How ironic. Yeah. Yeah. So, so who were the other? Were there other agencies that decided? Uh, obviously. Uh, yeah, there were other. I don't know who they. Yeah. Were. Yeah, well, and, that, and that's fine. And every, everybody, Ray and I can hear in our headphones here that all everybody listening is saying, "Well, who was the client that was doing this?" <laughs> well, it was you know, it's not hard to find. It was reported. it was well publicized. I, I, again, I don't blame the client. I, that's what they want to do. That's fine. You know, it's yeah. fair enough. Well, Google, Google them. Google David uh, Lubars. Maybe you'll find it quoted in his uh, <laughs> in some of his articles. You know, there, you mentioned uh, uh, agency business and so forth. And there's certainly, for whatever reason, I want to get you to weigh in on this, David. There have been a lot of agency reviews lately from major advertisers. I'm curious, you know, what are we what are we looking at here? Client impatience, uh, pressures from Wall Street. What's going on? We may want to hold that, Brad, uh, for the break here and uh, do uh, pick up on that uh, answer in just a moment. Okay. Well, I'll ask him an easier one. What okay. color are your eyes, David? <laughs> I think they're blue. <laughs> oh, okay. That's there you a, go. That was a true false question, actually. But that that's okay. was his wife. I asked him why his wife that, and she said brown. <laughs> I don't know it's, what's going on. It's here. the advertising show, Ray Schillen's Brad Forsyth. Their special guest out of uh, New York this weekend is David Lubars, chairman and chief creative officer for BBDO North America. We've got another segment with David, and hopefully we're going to get an answer to that uh, question, Brad. It'd be a good idea, right? Stick yeah. around. We'll have more in just a moment on the advertising show. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. David Lubars is our uh, special guest, uh, chairman and chief creative officer for BBDO North America. And for one more segment here on The Advertising Show, David, welcome back. Thanks. Yeah, why all the uh, agency reviews lately from major a- a- ad- uh, advertisers, do you think, David? You know what? I'm sorry. You just cut out. Say again? I- I'm curious what your take is on all the agency reviews lately from major ad- advertisers. Or, do you think it's uh, clients just uh, demanding more from their agencies in terms of performance? Are they, looking, are they just growing impatient? Is it pressures from Wall Street? What do you think is going on? Yeah, I think it's all, all those things. Um, now, it's funny you say, because I think this year it's been a very slow new business year, and I haven't seen too many big reviews. In fact, there's been hardly any. Uh, last year was very active. So could it just been, you know, a lot of relationships kind of wound up and, you know, sometimes after a big long haul, it's just time for a change. But I think also there's pressure from Wall Street and the street. And you you got to show you're doing something, and, and sometimes the agency kind of takes that hit. 
Yeah. Yeah, uh, and if it's not the agency, it's the CMO, right? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, being a CMO today is incredibly pressurized. There was an article in one of the publications, uh, I think it was that age, actually, yeah. where um, they said the average one lasted 24 months. Mm-hmm. Actually, and, it's 23. Uh, yeah, that's, 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 very, that's a very uh, intense, uh, you know, I, I feel for them. Yeah, and it's 23 months, by the way, according to that article. It was 24 the last time they did that study just a few years ago. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of whether it's the agency taking the head or the CMO, uh, I guess when a CMO changes, that puts an agency in flux as a potential. But yet uh, a good CMO lands on his feet and can end up being a new business opportunity for you, Kent. Well, by the way, that 23 months isn't just – CMO taking the hit. Sometimes the CMO moves on. That's so if true. you did a great job for him or her, um, a lot of times they'll take you with them. They'll take That's you with them. So, so I mean, it can work on a, in a positive way too. But, but it does make it a very, um, you know, a, a business that's, that's always kind of in flux. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. The, you know, as agents or as clients, I should say, are moving beyond just uh, mass media-centric solutions for their marketing challenges. What what changes do you feel ad agencies need to make to line up with this new client-side attitude towards marketing? Well, you know, I think certain things are time. I think it, it's always been about using, again, for me, using creativity as an economic multiplier that gives back disproportionate value. And one of the things we talk about at BBDO is how we're chefs, not waiters. It's an odd metaphor. But what, what we mean is the waiter just kind of takes the order and gives back to the client what they ask for. That's not really adding the value I was talking about. That's just kind of, you know, coming being a supplier. But a chef brings, like, you the sumptuous meals with these beautiful sauces, and you didn't know you could have it, but once you get a taste, you want more, and that's when you're really adding the value and disproportionate value. So I'm getting kind of carried away with this, this kind of weird metaphor, but I think you get the point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I, I do get the point, and it's a great setup for this uh, next question about uh, the criticism that a lot of agencies uh, uh, take as a matter of uh, being too focused on long-term campaigns at a time when clients are required to be more focused on short-term measurement and accomplishments. What, what, what's your thoughts on that, David? Well, I think uh, in today's world, it's, you have to have like a taste-great, less-filling approach. You need to kind of do both because if you just do these little hits here and there you know it, it's proven it's been quantified that that viewers and, and people who buy things want to like brands and feel a relationship you know branding really it's like a marriage right like you you kind of make you do things for each other throughout your lives and you help each other and 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 so you so it's good when you have some certain long-term uh, elements to your campaigns. People see this familiar friend who they love or this, this familiar spouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, you need quick, immediate results. If so you have to do both, it make, it's, it's not an easy business, you know, but um, the ones who are great at it make it feel effortless. Uh, our, our best campaigns feel effortless. Yeah, well, like, like anybody that's good at what they do, you know, it looks, uh, looks effortless. Well, like a, and you- like a, uh, you know, like the, the, the ice dancers, you know, they, they're smiling, but, you know, you, you realize it's really hard what they're doing. Or yeah. an incredible golf swing, like a Tiger Woods golf swing, yeah. or something like well, that. that. Yeah. Took a lot right. of work. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you, you mentioned branding. Uh, yeah, some some have suggested marketers on the client side uh, understand better than agencies do today the importance of communicating brand experience. Uh, yet agencies uh, tend to be, you know, more about communicating brand perceptions and embra- than embracing a client's brand experience. Do you think that's a fair assumption of what's going on today? Yeah, you know, I think you. I can't. I don't think you can generalize like that. It's a case by case. You know, 
case-by-case basis. Yeah, I mean, you can't, I mean, I think some agencies are, are incredibly attuned and have their pulse, their, their finger on the pulse of all aspects of, of the experience, and maybe some don't. I, I, don't, I don't really know, I really, you know, I, I don't feel com- confident knowing what the other agencies are doing. I just know what, know what we're doing. We are uh, confident in having you as a special guest here on the Advertising Show. David Lubars, Chairman, Chief Creative Officer, BBDO North America. David, hope you had a good time, and uh, we enjoyed having you here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Back in just a minute with more on the Advertising Show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. What do you want when you gotta eat something? And it's gotta be sweet, and it's gotta be a lot, and you gotta have it now. What do you want? I want some now. Actually, no, I don't. (laughs) It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Thanks again to David Lubars, Chief Creative Officer, BBDO North America. Jeff Jarvis is with us next week. Buzz Machine is uh, the company. He is a media consultant and blogger. Uh, Jeff will be with us uh, this coming Sunday. And can you believe this coming Sunday will be August the 20th already? Wow. Man, and we've only had three hurricanes so far <laughs> uh, in the Gulf. Uh, that is. Right. Uh, so yeah. what are we going to do? Um, wow. My my newspaper has a hole in it, Brad, mm-hmm. and it's about $425 million big. There goes your parrot. Yeah, exactly. Do you see that? Uh, the local <laughs> no, newspapers, the Federated, no. uh, on the 9th, uh, the, will mark the drain of as much as $425 million in spending oh, by the medium's yeah. largest advertiser, Federated, mm-hmm. and their symbolic, uh, symbiotic, I should say, relationship between homegrown department store brands and the newspapers they've advertised for more than a century. Mm-hmm. I guess what it says is you just can't get comfortable anymore. Well... Interesting, huh? Yeah. I mean, think about it. Uh, you know, think about who's reading newspapers today and who's going to shop at the uh, department stores, and you see a disconnect between the young young adults and the uh, old-line readership of the newspaper. So, I mean, you know, talk about overkill. And maybe I'm not so sure that it should have been a complete lift. You're saying that the, all, the, all the dollars are, are uh, leaving newspaper, and there's still an older crowd that yeah. shops the uh, – Shops at the uh, department stores and reads the newspapers, but uh, obviously a lot of they're still read the newspaper. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but they're old as many as exactly. Yeah, yeah. What they're saying is it's 1.2 billion, uh, widely anticipated to favor national TV and magazines rather than the traditional mainstays of spot TV and mm-hmm. uh, newspapers. So the whole thing is going to see a big shift here. That's that's huge. 1.2 yeah. billion. So uh, very interesting things to see what Federated is uh, doing with their bucks now. Yeah, it will be, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how newspapers continue to look for online remedies uh, and revenue for their traditional woes. You know, word has it, Ray, the U.S. is exporting one of their more popular and more fattening products to China. What is that? Krispy Kreme. Oh yeah, I heard Did about you, that this past week. Yeah, yes. Apparently, they've announced How did the opening. Go, I wonder. Yeah, well, they've announced the opening of their first location in Hong Kong. And for those that may not know, Hong Kong is China's most uh, fluent city. Uh, and by the way, uh, 1.3 billion potential customers in the nation. I would imagine it's no accident that uh, Krispy Kreme is planning to open another 20 outlets within five years. And uh, I don't know about you, Ray, but could Richard Simmons be far behind? <laughs> 
Okay, well, can, can you can you see him with a kimono? If uh, I were, sweating, if sweating I, to the oldies. If I were Richard Simmons, I'd own stock in Krispy Kreme. Okay. <laughs> well, and of course, if you're sweating to the oldies in China, we're not talking about music. We're talking about a whole bunch of oldie people because people, they yeah, live like, so long uh, over there. Yeah. At least well, they used to. Well, look at the Krispy Kremes. Look what happened with the uh, what was that uh, the the low carb diet. Uh, Oh, gosh, what was it? The Atkins thing. Sure. Basically drove Krispy Kreme out of business right. here in the United States. Because of the sugar busters and no sugar and all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's very interesting to see if they're going to try it over there. Might as well. Why not? Well, uh, they haven't know, heard about they smoke sugar like teens over there, too, as well? They do, and uh, they smoke a lot, and... Um, Okay. They're insulated enough to where they probably haven't heard about uh, Dr. Atkins and the sugar busters and all that. Right, exactly. Yeah. So we yeah. have uh, we have Patrick Meyer here coming up. Have you seen the, uh, the? Obviously, you can't miss the Chrysler commercials on television with Dr. Z. Uh, I don't know what oh, your yeah. take is uh, is on that, but Patrick Meyer has his own opinion. Patrick, by the way, was our uh, special guest on the advertising show uh, last week. I hope you caught that too at theadvertisingshow.com. But this week. It's Patrick Meyer's take on Dr. C. Let's listen. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about something exciting called Asking Dr. Z. One of my clients over the years was Daimler Chrysler. And there was this fascination with the consumer about Mercedes being inside of every Jeep, Dodge, and Chrysler. In the last few days, Daimler Chrysler broke with a campaign using the CEO of the company, Dr. Z, where he's talking about the intrinsics, the superior quality of the product, the features, the handling, the performance, the safety, and inside of all of it is a little bit of Mercedes in every one of those vehicles. So they broke with this new campaign, but what's interesting was it wasn't just an ad campaign. They broke with an idea about asking Dr. Z, then they coupled it with smart thinking. In the next 60 days, they're offering the consumer employee price discounts. Then they're also offering 0%. And then finally, adding in a 30-day guarantee. There's a model here for you as you go forward with your brands or with your clients. Number one, do you have a marketing idea that cuts across the grain? Much like Ask Dr. Z. Number two, do you have reasons to believe bragging rights? Much like he talking about crash ratings and performance and handling and safety. Number three, do you have compelling activation elements built into your marketing efforts? Reasons to buy now, not 12 months from now, but to come in the showroom now. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. Even recorded, these sounds good. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Meyer on the advertising show. That's true. You know, uh, he was mentioning uh, Mercedes-Benz, and this just this was just out earlier this week, Ray. Ray according to the National Advertising Division of the Council of Better Business Bureaus, this is going to flip flip you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mercedes-Benz should discontinue an ad in which a crash sled is repelled after slamming into the side of its uh, GL-class SUV. You've probably seen the spot. Sure. Uh, I say flip you out. The truth of the matter is is there's a supposedly a little uh, disclaimer uh, that, that discloses the fact that the, uh, uh, that the uh, crash sled apparently uh, received significant body damage, but it was in small print, you know, as mm-hmm. as TV, uh, TV spots sometimes do. Right. And the NAB ruled that uh, typical consumer might not grasp that crash uh, in terms of uh, metaphorically the way it was meant. So I happen mm-hmm. to agree with that. But as far as that right. particular ad, you're not going to see that anymore. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Interesting. Yeah. I think it's going a little bit too far, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, what? (laughs) Hey, by the way, uh, the advertising show powered by an incredible vehicle called Tendency. It's a uh, web marketing tool, and if you're not marketing on the web, well, hello, knock, knock. Welcome to the 60s. Time to, yeah, exactly. Time to do that. Uh, Go to shippel.com, S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. Ed and his uh, gang here in uh, our home market of Houston does a great job with web marketing tools and the things that go with it, so check it out, shippel.com. Thanks, Ed. We have uh, Jeff Jarvis on the way next week on the advertising show. It's uh, Jeff is a media consultant and blogger at uh, Buzz Machine, and that ought to be a lot of fun too, as well. So Should be. Uh, we'll look forward to that, and hope you will too. Check out the advertising show throughout the week too. You can like, listen to a lot of great shows. Advertising show sponsored by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. The advertising show is a big radio midgets production. <laughs> <laughs>